platform for an in-depth look in economic matters with leaders and decision makers. This is BizTalk. Hello and welcome to this special edition of BizTalk on CGTN. I'm Lily Liu. Today, we zoom in on China's top political sessions for year 2022. The world has been closely following the two sessions for details of China's economic performance in the previous year and how the country sets out the course for economic development for the current year. At this special timing, we're hosting a CEO roundtable to discover what foreign businesses have witnessed in China's business environment, market vitality and economic momentum. Joining me today are Morten Wellrod, President of Motion Business Area of ABB Group, and Jan Bozek, President of Tapestry Asia Pacific, and also President and CEO of Coach China. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us, Lily. Thank you, Lily. What changes have you witnessed in China's business environment? Both ABB and Tapestry, and I mean the Coach brands, have been in China for a very long time now. Let me start with Morten. The Chinese economy as being the second biggest in the world and our second biggest market also in ABB and also in our motion business. It's of key importance. And I see also the how it has I mean, developed over the years from we established ourselves in China already in 1979 as ABB and then later on in 1992 with our first manufacturing unit. So that is a long, long history that we have, uh, we have established in the Chinese market with strong partners, strong foundations. And I saw that also last year China still being the number one when it comes to foreign direct investments. I think it was all up almost 15% in the year. So that also signals, I mean, the rest of the world, but also us at ABB. We are very, we are committed to China, but we are also see the opportunities for future growth and uh, therefore investing more and more in our operations. So that has been what we see of, of latest. Mm -hmm. And also, Jan, the last time we met was at Hainan Expo last year. How are events like the Expo helping to spur vitality of foreign companies, especially consumer product producers? I mean, the Hainan Expo was really, uh, and will be, because we are really preparing and hopefully I will get out and be able to be there on the ground in April and see you again. I mean, the, the willingness, the vision of the government together with the execution of the local government has been incredibly supportive. And yeah. so, I mean, you've been in China for uh, a long time. You call it home here. And this is also, I think, what can tell us, what can actually show how important the China market is, that you, you have to be here for the business and also for your life. And for my family, which is living in Shanghai as well. You know, I've been, I've been lucky enough professionally to travel the first time in China in 2002. And the first time I was really living in Shanghai was, I think, in 2007. And, and I joined tapestry right around this corner and I, and I saw the evolution, the evolution of the economy, but I should say also the evolution of the society, the evolution of the customer. I mean, we started tapestry at that time was only the coach brand with a handful, about 20 stores in 208. And now we have more than 350 stores around three brands, coach, Ketspet, Stuart Westman, covering 80 cities. I mean, the Chinese customer from 208, which was absolutely eager and a magnificent student of what was happening in fashion, in luxury, trying to learn about the trend, trying to learn about the designer. And this transformation into being really the drive force of the industry, being the teacher. I mean, I, I was sharing with the team recently, there was an interesting survey that on average, an average Chinese customer will be able to name nine fashion designers and telling about their story. When you look in the West, you get the number to three maybe. That gives you uh, about the importance 
not only of the Chinese economy, but the Chinese customer in terms of being a driving force and pushing brands like us to continue to innovate and stay relevant. That's very interesting. And Morton, uh, I don't know when was the last time you had visited China. I mean, among your business trips here, what kind of changes have you witnessed in your companies, in, uh, on the grounds of the factories, uh, among your employees? Yeah. No, thanks. Unfortunately, it's now two years ago since the law. I was in January 2020. That was my last visit, you know, pre-COVID to China. But I did live also and you know, spent four years in shaman in 2008 to mm -hmm. 2012 and i was able to see on the ground the kind of amazing development that happened in those years since then i've been back more or less in regular basis i mean on, on more or less on a monthly basis i always appreciate the can-do spirit what we have in our team in abb and what kind of what you feel in china is the 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 ability to take you know, the, the business, but also society to new heights and developing. And it, this is the, as I said, why I'm so, uh, st uh, so impressed about uh, what we can do. And when you look at our business, this is also developed in that way that we, before it, uh, as I mean, when I moved to, to uh, China in, in late 2000s, then it was more about establishing R&D, setting it up today. We are so well established in China that it's the center of gravity and the center of the of uh, attention, for instance, a lot of our digital solutions that is developed in our t within our teams in Beijing or in Shanghai, that is also adapted for China, but also what we use for the rest of the world. So moving from a manufacturing hub to a service and digital solution hub has been a bit of the ABB journey and what we see, but staying there in touch with our customers still today. And now, unfortunately, by teams, but I hope that we will open up borders. So I hope that uh, that's the uh, kind of the time away will soon be over. Morten, uh, how do you understand high quality development as proposed by China um, as a foreign businessman? As, as a company in, in China and also how we develop our team there is to be, be very, to be local. We are, we talk always about in China for China and the world. And that's the also our, our motto in, in ABB. But we have to have a strong local presence uh, that is understanding the local market and the local needs. That is, for me, always the starting point. And then we take it further after that. Well, great. And Jan, can I get your opinion on that? How do you understand high quality development? I think that there is two things. There is first, I would say, something which is related purely in China. And that's a bit what Morton was uh, mentioning with China for China, which is giving opportunity for people to improve the quality of their life, which can be the quality of what they consume, how they consume, which brand do they embark with. And I think what the government has done, for example, around IP protection to fight counterfeit is very great, and we continue to partner on that. But then there is, to the point we just discussed before, the quality of life is also the quality of our environment. And that's where I believe China will have, as I touched a little bit before, more and more global role to play which is when you speak about digitalization, for example, I mean, China being so advanced can help to improve the overall quality of digitalization of the world. When, when I shared with you that I really feel that the coming decades, one or two decades, I mean, everything that is cool in the street, I mean, the street where a lot of brands will come from China, everything that will be cool and fashionable may come from China. So that's an improvement in quality, but not only in China for China. I really would love to be able to, to, to have a lot more Chinese designers which are partnering with our designers being part of our teams or, or even 
to helping the development and help, helping Chinese people having a stronger voice globally. Yes, eventually, uh, down to the end, it's going to be a better life for the people here. Coming up next, we analyze China's ambitious carbon peak and carbon neutrality goals and discover how industrial and consumer product companies are developing solutions for a green and sustainable future. We're all living on the same planet. All would love to keep this planet for children and grandchildren. So we were deliberate free for quite some time already engaged in that. It's a great business opportunity for the green transition. We'll open up new jobs and new opportunities. And we see that already. Welcome to My Stories of Chinese Characters, Season 2. I'm Uncle Han Zi. This season, we will travel to different destinations and experience the different sceneries throughout the year. This season, we will taste delicious foods. Delicious, how sure. Feel the delicacy of Chinese silk. Uh, some people say that this is the world's first computer because each one of these is an instruction. And enjoy the local architectures. Yes, it's a big house, Chuanzhou's Wu We will feel a sense of camaraderie on the slow train. And feel the excitement of the snowfields. Yes! 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 I'm Uncle Han Zi. This season, we will take you to see a different China from the perspective of Chinese characters. Meet us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and other major podcast platforms, or on our website, radio.cgtn.com. Let's talk about China's carbon neutral goals. Uh, I wanted to get your take on this, Morton. How do you think China's carbon neutral goals factor into your company's strategy? I mean, happy to see that it's taken so seriously by the Chinese government with very strong commitment of reducing also carbon, uh, carbon emissions over the coming years. Because carbon neutrality is a must for all of us, and it's a global problem, so it needs a global solution. I refer to it already that uh, I hope, and I'm so happy to see when China is taking the lead because the impact is so big. And it's not just because it's the right thing to do. I, I believe it was also from a business opportunity and for us, it's a great business opportunity for the green transition. We'll open up new jobs and new opportunities. Uh, is there a specific project that you can share with us about uh, to, to better uh, help us to better understand how ABB's tech innovation fits into China's carbon neutral goals? I don't know, maybe because I, I personally, I read news about the yeah. Shanghai Library project. That sounds quite amazing. Energy efficiency is very close to my heart. It's about how we can reduce the emissions. So we do, for instance, the HVAC system. That means the, the large unit that sits up on the roof, for instance, in the uh, east branch of the Shanghai Library, as you referred to, there is, we're having uh, all the motors and the drives with running them at the right speed and not at full speed and then wasting all the energy. You run the motors and the fans at the right speed, what is needed, to have the right comfortable environment for the visitors at the Shanghai Library. This is, is one example. Mm, interesting. And Jan, what are some of the latest products or campaigns that you have introduced in China as a response to the government's call to pursue green and high quality development? We're all living on the same planet. Mm -hmm. and we all would love to keep this planet for children and grandchildren. So. We were, we were deliberately free for quite some time already engaged into that. Also because 
that's the right thing to do, being the right proper uh, citizen of, uh, of this planet. Uh, I, think, I think what the Chinese government does is really push us to move the agenda even further. And it gives us also a, a great opportunity to display this level of innovation. I think you may remember uh, when we met in Hainan last year, I had the opportunity to introduce you something a bit experiential, which was a leather which was uh, colored only using vegetables which allow is to be 100% degradable after that and very low level of, uh, of, uh, of chemical use into its, uh, its fabrication. You know, we say that this leather, you can basically put it on the soil and put a seed and the tree will grow on it. It, has, it, it is absolutely notable on that. Yeah, and I, uh, could you help me to better understand Tapestry's carbon neutral steps? I mean, you have been trying to implement uh, sustainable production in different, well, almost all sections of the value chain. I'm particularly curious about sustainable product design because it, I think designing is the very first section of the value chain. How does it work exactly? So we first, it, it started many years ago when we had our first set of goals in terms of, uh, term of renewable energy and in terms of uh, carbon neutrality. And we just revisited them one year ago, I think, to give us goal for 2025 with a reduction of 20% of our CO2, for example, a reduction of 10% of the water that we consume. I think the most exciting part, which is really embedded into design, is, is about the leather, which is how do we truce, trace, source our leather? You know, I mean, making sure that we are sourcing mm -hmm. leather from tannery, which are gold standard, mm -hmm. which means less possible pollution. So our goal from the customer is to say, don't buy a bag that you will wear only one or two times. The coach bag is supposed to last for you and for your daughter, mm -hmm. at least. <laughs> Good point there. <laughs> Let me get back to Morden. Are the carbon goals creating synergies for you to do business and cooperate more with your Chinese partners? Yes, so where we want to drive to drive the whole society of spending and using energy more efficient. That could be for us and us as private individuals that we turn off the light in the room when we leave. But it, of course, it's down into industry and the large consumption. That is, is where we can make an impact, the, the, the biggest impact. And uh, working with, with customers there of installing, using the new technology, which is available today, but it's often is a bit of it's a lack of knowledge of the opportunity we have at hand uh, and that we are getting that awareness across industries that uh, it is possible to save up to uh, 25 percent of energy in your operation. So that is uh, it's a message that has a fantastic business case. It is a great upside for uh, as a company. But of course, this is what we have to do. So engaging with our partners who are covering the whole China by in, in the different provinces. And they are again working there with their partners. That's how we get the scaling and are able to get the right, sustainable, highly energy efficient solutions at the customer premises. And uh, that's over contributions to the green transition. Morten, do you believe that your China partnership helps to empower the industry on a path towards carbon neutrality? Absolutely. They are a, a key uh, partner to, to us, but I, I mean, this will not happen without our partners. What, what do you have to do in a factory to get it carbon neutral? It, it's about putting solar panel up on the roof. It's about buying what additional uh, in energy you need, you know, the green energy that could be from wind or, or from, from solar. It's about looking at your ventilation system, the air. Are you letting out all the hot air or do you cool down the building even when people are not in the room? So using building automation is about digitalization to get full access what's happening on inside the premises. These are the 
very practical things to do. We, we have the right technology of uh, kind of the, the assets. We have the right digital solutions that we get the transparency and we can see. But then we need the, the right know-how and the right awareness about it so we can make the right decisions. And I would like to, to highlight there, especially in our field of motions, which is electric and motors and variable speed drives. Uh, here we have what we started in, in this summer in European Union was what we call eco-design, which is a new energy efficiency standard of how we op you know, what is the minimum standards of motors. And China did that at the same time as the European Union. So being in the forefront and the forerunners uh, of, of using the, the uh, highest energy efficiency standards in the world. And that is what I kind of a leadership and taking that leadership role I hope that I will, we will see even more of from China uh, because it's needed for the green transition and building on sustainability solutions for the future than to be that trendsetter and not kind of leave that up to someone else. I mean, Europe is, is one kind of from a technology point of view, but uh, China definitely, I expect, and I think we will see that also in the future, I would expect that China also take on a leading role in this field, riding the, the green transition and a more for a more sustainable future. Coming up next, we take a look at how the resilient Chinese economy will continue to provide abundant business opportunities for global enterprises and the strategies that companies must adapt in the evolving economic landscape for success. We are continuing to invest because we are very confident about the, the growth of all China, which is outlined in the, the five-year plan, what you see there around digitalization, smart manufacturing, the whole e-mobility, artificial intelligence and sustainable development. For a new company to come here, come here. You just have to come here. Don't rush. And understand late. the Chinese way of life and understand the customer. Be very humble and hear. Hear them. Ever wondered what's actually going on in Africa through the perspective of an African? How are things really going between China and Africa? What's the narrative of this relationship? Well, get a perspective with China-Africa talk. Hear from African diplomats, entrepreneurs, academics, Chinese natives, and more. Get an hour wavelength every week to find out what's real with China-Africa talk. Find us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, and more. We'll see you there. Twenty-five hundred years ago. An old man rode on his buffalo and headed west of China. Before he vanished into the wild, he left behind a book of 5,000 words, which for the next two and a half millennia would have shaped the Chinese way of thinking. Subscribe to the sayings of Lao Tzu and find out why generals with wisdom yield after winning the ultimate battle and how staying behind just might help you get ahead of others. The Sayings of Lao Tzu is available on all major podcast platforms. The global economy is still facing several headwinds like the COVID-19 pandemic, volatile geopolitical situation and extreme weather conditions. As China strives to further deepen its reform and opening up, it will continue to play a significant role in shaping the world economy.
and gentlemen, let's move on. I would like to uh, get your opinions on China's growth momentum. I know China's economy has shown enough resilience during the pandemic hit period and also amid uh, uncertainties in global relations right now. What is your outlook of the China market for your industries? Uh, Morton, can I start with you, please? Yeah, sure. I mean, as China, I mean, still last year, where people were still questioning, it was China was still the uh, uh, stand for about a quarter of the whole world's growth in, in GDP. So it is where still the growth is happening. And that is the same also for, for our business, the second biggest market. And we are very confident in the, in the future. Therefore, we also made significant investments in China. Uh, we will, for instance, have the joint venture uh, with uh, around e-charging. Uh, e and then we also had, we're opening a new robotics factory in Shanghai later on in this year. These are some of the areas where we are continuing to invest because we are very confident about the, the growth of China, which is outlined in the, the five-year plan, what you see there around digitalization, smart manufacturing, the whole e-mobility, artificial intelligence, and sustainable development. And that's kind of, these are all check marks of what we do in ABB as well. So I think the, the strategy of ABB, kind of the long-term plans of China is a very good fit. And therefore, I'm very confident uh, also about the future in China and over ABB position and over opportunities in China in the coming years. Jan, do you see strong signs that the economy would be uh, doing well despite of downward risks? If you were to ask the same question 18 months ago, I think there would have been a lot of people who say, oh my God, the whole world is entering COVID and it's going to be a disaster. And, and there was a lot of people who were, I mean, for, for very great reason, very concerned. And look at that. I mean, despite that China was able to be the only economy of of, of a size, we were able to continue to show GDP growth. So when you, when you monitor and you look at an economy that even within what was, uh, and we're still in, but one of the biggest storm possible with the COVID and the, the mass, mass pandemic, still able to get a little more growth in GDP, GDP. I mean, that show, that's a proof point of how incredibly resilient and strong is the Chinese economy. So that give us a tapestry the full confidence about how it will continue to evolve and how it will continue to be a, a managing of growth for the global world. And again, when you look at the Chinese society, the Chinese policy uh, and the way moving forward, I mean, first, digitalization is here to stay. Okay, and China, I mean, if you look at the APP in China, they are maybe three to five years in advance versus the other APP in the world. So they become, in fact, a source also of innovation within companies. And the, the government will say we're going to double bet on that. You double bet from already a position of strength. So that's, that gives a lot of optimism. China's opening up has allowed its people to grow into a more sophisticated consumer group. So what role do you think Chinese consumers are playing in this industry? We don't really look at China purely as a market. We will look also at a very, very important source of inspiration. And when you speak about the Chinese customer, I already touched a few points about their level of sophistication and how knowledgeable they are. They are very the expert of the business. But again, that forces us to innovate and to be relevant, to continue to be relevant. There is a lot more that, uh, that I believe will come from that. The next 10, 20 years, we see so many new and exciting young fashion designer, young artists, young creativity, which today uh, have start to have a, a certain relevant voice in China, but lack to have a more global voice. Mm -hmm. I mean, it started back in, uh, in, in 2018, in December 2018, where the coach brand made its first fashion show 
outside of New York City, here in Shanghai, just also not only to provide Chinese design or inspiration for Chinese customer, that's not interesting enough. We also did that with them so that we can display their work, their creativity in Milan, Paris, Tokyo, San Francisco, New York, all over the world to try to explain to people who are not enjoying the China way of life how cool it can be. Morton, uh, how would you comment on China's efforts in trying to transform its economy into an innovation-driven economy? I mean, from uh, in your business, you obviously you work with your Chinese partners and you have your Chinese employees. Are they contributing more to ABB's you know tech innovation progress globally? Absolutely, we are setting over one of our kind of key strengths is over digital centers uh, that we have around the world, and the biggest one is in Beijing, and uh, that is where we developed in my business over the first self-connecting variable speed drive. That means that it's uh, embedded software and with SIM card in simple terms that connects to the cloud so we can get full transparency of what's go on, going on in the industrial application. So we can get you know a pre-warning before something fails. So this is where our center of gravity for many of these solutions are developed in China. And that is where we have uh, one of our biggest R&D centers is in China with a, a very good focus on especially around digital solutions for the future around cloud, cloud connections and therefore we get more uptime and, and more reliability in the systems where, where we are a partner, uh, we're working with our partners. That's what we see as a true localization of a foreign business in China. Final question for you, what would be your piece of advice to a foreign business that is still looking at the China market, you know, thinking about whether they should tap into this market. I was about to say, sorry, it's too late, but that's not the right answer. It's, it's a new <laughs> business. But I mean, hurry up would be the first one, but hurry up cautiously, you know, because again, you know, it's, uh, it's very interesting. Don't consider the Chinese customer only as a customer. Always consider the, the Chinese customer or the Chinese world that you're living with as a source of inspiration. Be very, very uh, curious about that. It's not easy for a foreigner, and I don't know if it's easier for you, Lily, but mm -hmm. when I'm talking to friends abroad who never been to China, and I explain to them how great it is to live in China, and all oh, the China way of life is great, they just have no clue. You know, for most of the people, people don't understand what is a Chinese way of life, if you ask them. So for a new company to come here, come here. You're maybe a little bit late, but if you just start, come here. Don't rush and Never understand the Chinese way of life and understand the customer. Be very humble and hear, hear them. Okay, Morton, you got about 30 seconds. It will not happen from outside. It happens from inside. Understanding the daily life, understanding the local needs, but then and then attracting and getting the right people on board. If you do that, it's, uh, I, don't, I don't think it's never too late, but of course you will have some catching up to do. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, gentlemen. That was a special edition of BizTalk here on CGTN. Uh, I was joined by Mr. Morton Wellrod, President of Motion Business Area, a member of the Group Executive Committee of ABB, and Jan Bozek, President of Tapestry Asia Pacific. Thank you so much, gentlemen. That was a great talk. Thank you. Thank you, Lily. Thank you, Morton. Thank you.